Please open the Word of God with me this morning to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I salute you in the name of our Lord and Commander, Jesus Christ, the Son of Abraham, the Son of David, the Son of God. Amen. Our Lord and our Savior, our beloved brother and the Apostle and High Priest of our profession of faith, and the Good Shepherd and Great Shepherd, the Cornerstone and the Bishop of our souls. He is everything, and we want to make him everything in our church. In Galatians chapter 6, I'd like to read a couple of verses that I hope will lead us toward the conclusion of the morning sermon, where we will meet two men named Shebna and Eliakim. And we do not want any Shebnas in our church. And so as we just prayed, we want the Lord to get rid of Shebnas in our church, and we want all the men to be Eliakims. The difference between those two men is like the difference between David and Saul. Saul was like Shebna. You know, he was favorable in certain respects so that the people would make him king, but he was worthless trash in the sight of God. And so God destroyed him and his whole family tree to elevate David over him. And we want to be Davids, and we don't want any Sauls. The difference between Caiaphas and the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't want any Caiaphases, though they were chief over the church of God, we want those like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have some axioms. You know, when you took geometry, elementary geometry, high school geometry, college, math, you learned axioms. And here are some axioms in Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 3 through 5. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. We're going to read about burdens being hung on Shebna because of all the other princes and his huge family that depended upon his success in the court of Hezekiah. But he was demoted and then thrown like a ball out of Judah by God's judgment. And Eliakim was made the nail in a sure place on which his family tree and the princes of Hezekiah's household and David's household could hang on him as the nail. And I want all of you men to be nails like Eliakim and not nails like Shebna. Right. And this is the word of the Lord. If you think you are something, you are nothing, plus you're a liar, plus you're stupid enough to believe the lie that you tell yourself that you're something. Right. That's what it means to deceive yourself, right. is to tell yourself a lie and be dumb enough to believe it. That's what verse 3 tells us. If a man think himself to be something, and Shebna did, when he is nothing, and it's true of all of us, he deceiveth himself. O Lord, give us the spirit of Solomon, superior to any one of us in this room, but said to the Lord in prayer, I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. Give me a wise and understanding heart that I might be able to lead your people. We want to be like that. 
Verse 5 tells us, For every man shall bear his own burden. It is a profane error to think that you are anything. All men are nothing. Even Solomon, as I just quoted. Only God's grace makes us useful. Because our usefulness is determined by God's approval of us and the approval of good men. It is too easy to get the approval of the world. Listen, guys, it is easy out there. Success in this world is like picking a piece of fruit. Just go to the orchard and pull it off the branch. It's easy. Because no one else wants to work very hard. And there's such idiots out there that you work for, it's easy to find approval in their sight. But not so with the Lord, and not so with wise men. Think highly of others in order to be wise. Because that's one of the axioms of the scripture. That we think more highly of others than we do ourselves. And deceiving ourselves is, is such a terrible crime and such a waste of a life is to lie to ourselves and believe the lie that we're something. This, first, this fourth verse telling us that we should prove our own works. Prove your character by your conduct. Character is the summary of a person's conduct. Character isn't separate from conduct. And so let us show by our conduct that we are God's favorites and God's faithful. And God and good men will be able to recognize that. And we should prove it, because that's what the verse tells us to do. Let every man prove his own work. The only measures for your works, your acts, your conduct are the Bible. No one else cares about what you think or anyone else thinks about how to measure your life. It's God's measurement of our lives. It's so easy to be successful in the world's eyes. But what of a God that rules, and what of godly people that have godly wisdom? That's harder, standard. But we can achieve it by God's grace in our lives. God's grace. And so let's prove God's grace in our lives by our conduct, as this fourth verse teaches us. Remember the Apostle Paul. Can you imagine if Paul had been unleashed on this world in any of your professions? He'd have put you in the shade and under a basket because he was so diligent and so intelligent and so logical and so zealous. He had no peer in the New Testament. A terrific man, but he gave himself to the Lord. But he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. But I labored more abundantly than they all. And so he put the two together and he proved himself. And he rejoiced in the grace of God. And yet, not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And men, the grace of God, if you're here and you've been baptized legitimately and sincerely, then the grace of God is in you and with you. And you can be, every, you can be the Eliakims and the Davids and like the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the purpose today. You know, Isaiah 22 is going to have some more about Sennacherib and the Assyrians and military preparations to defend Judah and the city of Jerusalem. But let's grab this one because the chapter is going to end with these two men. And I want you to be Eliakims. And every one of you can be. And so let's embrace it today. It's a challenge from God's word. And these are axioms of human existence. And these are axioms of human value. And these are axioms of personal success right here in, Jer- in uh, Galatians chapter 6. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, and that's God's grace going through him like Paul did. Verse 5, For every man shall bear his own burden. 
Shebna bore his burden. Eliakim was rewarded for his. You'll be judged by your actions by the God of heaven. God cares for no one's opinion. Comparing others is stupid vanity of comparing yourself to others, and the Bible tells us that. And we will give an account of our lives to the King of Kings. There'll be no snowing him. Everything will be naked and exposed before him. And so today is a choice, like we had on Wednesday evening. Let us humble ourselves and repent of any foolishness in our lives, any self-centeredness, any thought that we are special, any thought that we've accomplished anything, and think of the Lord Jesus Christ who's accomplished everything. And he's our Lord and Savior. And he, by his death on the cross and ascension into heaven, has given us the spirit, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of God that moved upon the face of the waters, the spirit of God that came upon Samson. When the spirit of God came upon Samson, Samson did wonderful things. That spirit is in us. He's with us as a church. And he's in us personally. Let's show it. Let's have our rejoicing in him. Because I want you to be like Eliakim's and not like Shebna's. Who will be an Eliakim from this day forward? Are there any Shebna's here that want to stay a Shebna and think you're something? God's going to throw you out of his church and out of this world like a ball. He's not going to let you go peacefully because he's my God and he's the God of the Bible and I believe everything he says. I'm not mad, just intense. Because you better be intense when you read about Shebna and Eliakim. That's a great reversal of fortune. The Lord stuck it right into Isaiah chapter 22 for our learning. It should be exciting should be exciting to want to be an Eliakim. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord of glory, King of nations, and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, blessed God, there is no other. Amen. We worship Thee, and we praise Thee this morning. Yes. We thank Thee for Thy Word. We thank Thee for its history. We thank Thee for its doctrine. We thank Thee for its prophecy. We thank Thee for its poetry. We love it all. But, O Lord, remember our frame that we are dust. Remember how weak we are and forgive us for our follies. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us even for our sinfulness that is yet within us. Father in heaven, pity us, O Lord, and stir us up by your Spirit in the inner man that we might know the love of Christ in all of its dimensions until we are filled with all the fullness of God. Fill us with your Spirit that we will embrace the axioms of Scripture rather than resent them because they are not our own. They are yours and they are perfect and pure, and holy, and right, and righteous, and just. Ours are depraved, profane, selfish, and worthless. Teach us the difference. And let there be some Eliakims, O Lord, that will never be different, that will never be the same as they are today in the days to come. That they will hear Isaiah 22, 
and it will grip them. And they will understand that by faithfulness, a man can be known in the earth and that you will bless him and bless his family tree after him. Oh Lord, let there be some Eliakims in this house. We thank thee for thy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the firstborn of every creature. He made all things and he made all things for himself. He is before all things and by him all things consist. We thank thee that you sent him into this world to lay down his life on the cross of Calvary to pay the sin burden, the sin debt of our sins by his substitutionary atonement on Calvary's tree. We thank thee that you raised him from the dead, that he ascended into heaven, and he sits at thy right hand, ruling the nations with a rod of iron. As we look at national and political histories today, Heavenly Father, let us remember that our brother, the bishop of our church, our friend, rules the nations. And he's doing the same things today as he did in the past in his divine nature. We thank thee for thy precious word. Thank thee, O Lord, for inspiring it. Thank thee, O Lord, for preserving it. Now open it to us by your spirit and open our hearts to it that we might see and behold wondrous things out of thy law that will increase our faith, increase our hope, increase our peace, and increase our joy. Let us go from this place in a few hours prepared to live in this world lives that will adorn thy gospel and bring great praise and honor to thee, Holy Father. Forgive us where we have come short in the past and bless us now by your power. We thank thee for America and we pray for its leader and leaders in that order. We thank thee, O Lord, for this church and we pray that you will unite our hearts together as one man, one mind, one mouth to praise and glorify thee today. Amen. It's in Jesus' glorious name, the name which is above every name, that we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Eliakims, let's give them our best. <laughs>